Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast. You're here with Tanya Ryan. Uh, Jen and Mel could not be here with me today. So I have created an episode that um, it's something I've wanted to talk about for just a little while, um, something I've been exploring and looking into, and I thought it would be of interest to everybody. So I thought I would talk about moon cycles and a little bit about the maiden mother crone energy. If you haven't heard of it, it's very Googleable. So check it out. Um, also, I'll just give you guys a heads up too. We've decided to take a couple weeks off over the holiday season. So this will be our last episode for just a couple weeks off. So not to worry if you are <laughs> keeping track. And honestly, we would kind of love if you did worry about us. So thanks for worrying if you were going to. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have a couple weeks off and then we'll we'll come back to you guys in the new year. Um, so yeah, today's episode, I thought it would be really cool to discuss uh, working with moon cycles. So for instance, if you're just getting into any kind of practice, so maybe you are like looking into witchcraft, but moon cycles isn't specifically for witchcraft. And in fact, it can be used, and this is why I wanted to talk about it. It can be used in such amazing ways, even if we're just using it symbolically. So, um, some people work with directly with the moon itself, as in they look at the sky and then they take on that kind of energy and they bring it into their lives. I'm going to explain this, this energy in this system, but I want to also like encourage you to look at this with an open mind, understanding that you yourself have a rhythm that is very similar to how the moon operates. And sometimes we will sync up with the moon itself and sometimes we don't. Um, and I have also met a lot of people who it's almost the exact flip or the exact opposite. So if they are looking at the moon in the sky, but they're really um, coming inward into how their body is feeling and how their mind is feeling at that time, that they're going to be able to go, well, yeah, I, I do notice that I follow this rhythm, but it's totally backwards when I should be new mooning, I'm full mooning, or that's what I'm vibing with. So I want to take um, these moon cycles and you can, like I said, directly apply them to how the moon is rolling the sky and you can and, you know, bring that energy into your life in whatever way you see fit. I'm going to apply it a little bit to business. I'm going to apply it a little bit to just you as a human being. Um, but you can also take this cycle and use it metaphorically, like bringing it into your life, understanding that that this pattern and this rhythm of energy is very, very natural um, for you to uh, bring in whether like whatever the moon looks like. So um, I guess we we just we live in this this culture or society where we've kind of sort of operated under the system where we're just go, go, go all the time. So we're always under this push and we're not actually living in these cycles. So I'm hoping you'll hear this and go, oh, wow, that <laughs> makes so much more sense. And maybe it's something you want to integrate in some way. So I'm going to start with... Um, just if you haven't heard the idea of the maiden, the mother, and the crone, um, please definitely check it out. Just use internet. Pinterest is a great resource. Um, I don't think there's any really bad way to check it out. Everywhere I've looked has pretty much summed it up in a various way, some a greater degree, some a lesser. One of my favorite resources was actually uh, Rebecca Campbell. She wrote the book, Light is the New Black. If you haven't read that book, might I suggest that as your next, next audiobook? Because she, I think she origin, she's originally from New Zealand and then she moved to the UK. So her accent is like gloriously blended into something that is so aesthetically pleasing for your ear. So as 
as an audiobook. It's fantastic. Um, and the way that she narrates that book is just very, very like peaceful. But she has a part of the book that's dedicated to syncing up the moon cycles with Maiden Mother. And then she has a fourth um, archetype called the Wild Woman and Crone. And I love the way she breaks that down. It's it's fantastic. So if you're looking for a more involved read or more involved info, definitely consider checking out Light is the New Black. Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. So so great. Um, so your four stages of the moon: you have a waxing moon, a full moon, a waning moon, and a new moon. Those are, and again, there's more if you you can get a really, really detailed, um, especially those that are practicing witchcraft, you will get like very specific aspects of the waxing moon or very specific aspects of a full moon. Um, and then there's even like a dark moon, which is, uh, the new moon is kind of on the either end of the dark moon. So there's lots of stuff you can look into, but we're going to keep it simple for today. Um, and for our purposes. Um, so the energy with a waxing moon um, that in theory that, that this is evoking is this is a time to be like creating is to be planning, to be building, to be conceptualizing ideas, to be in a creative state where you are kind of like pulling down, um, those, those new concepts from spirit into self. So I will talk a lot about business just because I find that that rhythmically incorporating this into business is, um, such a, it's such a literal way to apply it into your life. So if I kind of sound like I'm trumping it with business again, just think of it personally too, it does work. Um, so this is like an idea generation time. So if you're going to be planning, say you have a business and you have, um, meetings, this is a good time for meetings because this is a time when we want to be collaborating and we want to be bringing in ideas and spitballing and kind of bouncing things off of one another. Um, so this is when the, the moon is growing. Essentially, we just came out of the new moon, we're going into the new moon. So this is a space where we are creating and there's a lot of ambition. There's a lot of fire energy at this time, um, a lot of energy in general. So lots of fuel kind of like coming up into, and it's a little bit of a crescendo. So it might kind of start small, just like the moon does, and then it will grow. That energy will naturally start to grow. So this is also a time where, um, and I've heard conflicting things on the internet. So AKA, if you look this up and you want to call me wrong, I'm totally open to that. But this is how I think, um, I think the waxing moon best represents the maiden. So you might go online and see that the new moon represents the maiden. I'll tell you why in this podcast later, I don't align with that, but I am just one person. So you do you. And that's the whole point of this is that this should feel like something that really resonates and integrates with self. So you get to be creative with this too. If you're like, that doesn't fit, but that does. Cool, man. You do you. So um, to me, this reminds me of maiden energy. So maiden energy as I perceive it to me, is about the creation, is about ambition, is about going. It's a lot about learning. It's a lot about being in pursuit. It's a lot about um, you going to things, not things coming to you. So it's kind of like... Um, it's like as we're getting these ideas, say, for business, the maiden is asking for those ideas. So she's, it's not that she's not receiving, of course, like we receive ideas, but she's like, I would like ideas. I would like to be creative right now. She is like asking for that. So, um, that's kind of how I think of maiden as it connects to, um, your waxing moon is that she is like, um, really creating that, um, like if we think about a machine, she's like putting fuel in the 
the machine and she's getting it running and she's getting the, she's getting the engine kind of purring and that kind of thing. So then we move from that into our full moon. So our full moon is kind of like the top of that crescendo. So if you had all these ideas and you were generating all these things, then at full moon time, this is when we want to be pushing those projects out into the world. This is when we want to like, um, of course I worked in music, so I'm going to have like a a music related idea. So in that maiden energy time, I'm going to be want to like making the plan of action of release. Well, then I want to release at a full moon. Like I want to put out my new single at a full moon. Or um, if I have a program or project that I've been working on, then maybe I want to use that full moon energy to tell people like, Hey, I'm doing this. This is what's happening. Um, so it's kind of like that crescendo and then using that crescendo to launch. Launch is actually the word better than release because um, I've also seen people do like releasing rituals at the full moon. Again, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, um, but I would use a full moon more for manifesting because again, it's building, it's bringing things in. It's like this huge energy. So yes, if you want to put huge energy behind a release, cool, but I would personally feel like our waning slash new moon or slash dark moon phase would be a little bit more accommodating for letting go and releasing just because there's a natural shedding energy there, but we'll come to that shortly here. Um, so yeah, I would use the full moon to kind of like bring things in, to call things inward, to kind of like build up. So so if we are using manifesting, let's say waxing and full moon energy to me is like the best time because say we're using that waxing energy to be like, what do I want? Like, what am I after? What would be the thing? And then we're like, hey, and then we get to full moon. We're like, here's what I want. Now, like, let's like light this bitch up. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how I would use the full moon. Now, full moon energy... Um, is represented by the mother archetype. And I love this idea too, because when we think full, like I, I really take that mother archetype and, and make it quite literal. If you ever look up um, images of Gaia, mother Gaia, uh, to me, she is like the ultimate mother archetype or the ultimate mother image. When in my mind, again, there's like various, <laughs> I'm not the be all end all, but in my mind, mother Gaia and the mother, that to me all comes and that's like mother earth. Um, and I always see mother Gaia as just kind of like <laughs> infinitely indefinitely pregnant. And so full moon, we've got this nice round moon. We've got Gaia's nice round belly. Um, that's kind of the associations I make and mother energy is about now like taking things inward. Now there's like a kind of a duality there because it is also about, cause we're at the crescendo of that energy. Of course, she is also capable of putting things out. But if you think about nature and just how mother nature works, she's both at once. So she's producing, like, look at, look at the earth, right? She is producing, she's producing plants, she's producing food, she's producing oxygen, but she is also taking in nourishment, sun, water, energy. Like, so it's this kind of ability to be everything at once. And that, and if you are a mother, you have to be everything at once. So it's kind of that, um, that embodiment of the dualistic properties of being all these things at the same time. And then sometimes, you know, I might be saying that and you're thinking, oh my God, yeah, that sounds really overwhelming. <laughs> and hopefully it's not because again, the market mother archetype in her highest seat, like in her proper seat, 
this is not overwhelming. This is what she is. Like it's just who and what she is. So it's this ability to be everything kind of at once. Um, so it's the ability to say to hold space and hold boundaries, which sometimes we can get those really convoluted. Um, it's the ability to both give love as well as receive love. Um, and again, a mother in a healthy space, like if we're holding in our healthiest embodiment of the mother archetype, we're in a place where we understand that everything coming to us is coming to us. It's not about trust at this point. It's certainty. It's established. It is. And that's where the mother comes from is a sense of certainty and a a strong sense of self. So her embodied in her best seat simply knows she's a very knowing person. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I, I think that kind of sort of sums up, I, probably, I might come back to it if I get like more inspo, cause I like to kind of contrast her with crone energy, which I think is super, super fun and, and similar, but very different at the same time. So moving out of our full moon energy, in theory, we've had this crescendo. Like if we were Olympic athletes, we'd be we'd be training in that maiden energy and that waxing energy. And then full moon would come, that is the Olympics. And then after the Olympics, we don't just sit on the couch and like, you know, eat potato chips. We have kind of like a de-escalating training schedule. Like we still need to move our bodies. We still, cause that would not be healthy or safe otherwise. Right. So our waning energy now is kind of that decrescendo. It's that coming out of that energy. So we're going to slowly start to come down. So this is a place where waning moon is really, really good for gratitude. It's a really good reflection. So okay, we made our big plan. We put out our album or we put out our project or our whatever it was. And then now we come into, okay, what did I learn from that process? What um, am I grateful for out of that process? Uh, Do I need to follow up on anything? Do I need to reflect on something that went really, really well or something that didn't really work? Um, And this is also a place where we're in a state of uh, very much like acceptance, allowance, because we're not changing. We're not actively participating. We're more in um, an observational state. So perfect segue to crone energy, right? Is if we just think about that natural even crescendo and decrescendo of life, when we move into that crone energy, we're not actively participating as the mother anymore. We're not involved in everything. The mother's very busy, as we know, right? Crone energy, she's less busy and she's more of an observer. She's a witness. She's going to see things. Now, the thing with crone energy that makes her so, so important is she has so much experience. She is um, all, um, as we shift, um, and this, I'm talking about the life arc, cause you'll also have seasonal arcs through these energies, um, in different variations. Um, they'll kind of come up in parts of your life, but of course there's the, the whole life arc too. So I'm kind of referring to that in this case, but the crone, each archetype starts to embody the previous archetype as well as their own. So the transition from maiden to mother, I would love to actually have a whole podcast on that. So, so fascinating. Um, but the transition is <laughs> the maiden thinks she's dying. So she kind of fights the transition. That's why if you uh, notice a part of your life where you kind of, you really had a struggle. So for some of us, it was literally having children where you would have noticed moving from that maiden to mother energy. And there was probably a lot of like, uh, years where either you have completely blocked them out and forgotten them because it was just such a weird, chaotic time, 
Um, or you just re- can recall this kind of weird chaotic time where you had no established sense of self. You're like, I don't know who I am anymore. Lots of back and forth. Now this again, doesn't have to happen with children themselves. It's just a great, like literal metaphor for the, for the experience. Um, but at any time you experience like a great loss of identity and had to reestablish like who you are, that's usually indicative that you are transitioning from a phase to a phase, like from a maiden to a mother, mother to a crone. Um, cause we see this in like that menopausal transition too. There's like a huge thing that occurs there. And, you know, we might talk about it physically, hormonally and whatever, but does anyone talk about like what's happening spiritually as we make that transition? That's less of a conversation, right? Um, But it's huge. And so what's happening is, is there has, there is a slight death. So there is going to be a grieving, Um, but what's really happening is it's actually an integration. So the maiden moves into the mother. So yeah, she like, if we pretend everybody's in the car, it's like the maiden drives for the first while. So then she just gets like, she's not driving anymore. Well, she likes to drive. She want, We all want to be in control, right? Um, so she has to hand the steering wheel over to the mother when she doesn't want to do that. And like, likewise, the mother better, she's better at releasing, but she's not great. We're not, none of us are fantastic. Um, so we're going to notice challenges, not to, but nobody dies. They're all in the car all the time. Uh, they are all chiming in with their backseat driving and directions and stuff. Um, the maiden does tend to be a little louder on the backseat driving than the crone. Um, but that's just, again, the vibe. Um, so anyways, uh, when we move into that crone energy, she is now the embodiment of the maiden. She's the embodiment of the mother. And then she is also the crone. So she has all of these qualities that she can draw from. And in a perfect world, when we have like an established seated crone, she understands when to integrate that energy and when not to. So she knows when to show up and what, like, kind of like what color to show up in, in order to kind of like cohesively integrate with her environment. So the crone being in this state where she is like a little bit more of that witness, a little bit more of that observer, a little bit more allowance, acceptance, um, in a state of receiving, in a state of evolution, in a state of reflection, um, she's going to, in theory, interact with her environment in a much more like receptive way. So AKA it's almost like letting the environment lead as opposed to her leading. Cause in the two previous roles, she's been leading as the maiden, she was leading herself as the mother, she's leading herself and others. And as the crone, she's now stepped out of leadership and is in a support role. And I don't want to make that sound like she is less important because she's not, she is a passive leader, this the quiet leader. So she is actually still technically in leadership, but she's in a leader where you go to her to seek out her leadership, her wisdom. So it's just a different kind of leadership. Like she's not going to take you somewhere, whereas the other two will take you somewhere. Um, I hope that makes sense because now I'm kind of like getting carried away with this metaphor. So hopefully it's not getting too, too weird. So when we cross that over with that waning moon energy, um, think about that is that that's where we're coming is like, this is not a time to be in grandiose leadership roles. This is not a time to be like going out. This is not the time for meetings. This is not the time for collaborating. It's not the time for bringing things in, um, that you're going to be pursuing. It's a time to be bringing things in to reflect. So if you're going to have a meeting at this time, it's a meeting to, to get the takeaways from everybody. Like, Hey, what did you experience at this time? Or what do you think? 
think about how this all went down. So it's not a meeting for idea generating. It's a meeting for reflecting. Hopefully that makes sense. And again, this is like a business analogy. But again, if you can like in your head, take that to mean whatever it might mean in your specific scenario or your life. Now, new moon is is like, I don't want to say controversial exactly. I'm going to try to do my best to give you my interpretation of new moon. Just please know that there's some flexibility on how that might uh, be perceived by somebody else, uh, what the internet says, all that stuff. And everything's welcome. Just really take it into your own soul, your own spirit, your own heart, and figure out what feels right for you. So for me, new moon, and this is uh, a form of crone energy as well. Um, new moon is the in um, is your metaphor for your death, like the death part of the cycle. And often this is the time our society will ignore the most. So for me, this is a time where we would have a menstrual cycle, like where we're supposed to pause and stop. Um, this isn't like the winter season. This is the darkness. This is like the no growth happens right now because there needs to be a regeneration. There needs to be a rest. There needs to be a quiet, a pause, a renewal. There needs to be coming inward and doing kind of nothingness. So our waning moon was when we were reflecting. We're like, Hey, how'd that go? Our new moon should be nothing. Like we, we are, if anything, like it's kind of like just letting the soil. Oh man, there's such a good analogy for this. There is a, a thing that they would, people do. This is a real thing. And I wish I knew the name of it, but say you have like, you're a person who grows stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're a farmer. Um, and you have like four crops. Um, at any given time, you're only using three of those sections of land for your crops. And then that fourth one is resting. And the reason that they do this is to, um, I think it's something about, oh man, I wish I had like an agricultural person here right now. Um, it's something about like, kind of like letting the soil rest. It has a name and I don't know it. And it's essentially, so you don't use up all the nutrients in the land. It's, it basically keeps those three crops more fertile than if you just kept kind of like powering through the land with all four. So this is again, another to me, a very nature-based, um, example that we're not supposed to be going all the time, that things aren't supposed to be being used up, so to speak, all the time, that we need these rest periods, these stop periods. Like, um, And again, society would have you believe that you'd be weak for doing this, that you're lazy for taking this time. Like, You must stop. Like, You must stop. You must rest. It must happen. Um, and so that's why I say with this whole cycle and yes, you can absolutely follow it literally like when the moon is dark or, or we're in a new moon phase, maybe you're like, that's my indication to stop or slow down or just do nothing for a couple of days. Um, you could use that, but you could also know that this cycle is within you and within your own body. So especially those of us with, um, uteruses, um, if you do have, um, a menstrual cycle, your cycle might not fall perfectly in alignment with the moon. So you could take this with your menstrual cycle and just be like, my menstrual cycle is my new moon. So when I have my new moon, that's when I'm going to like turn inward. And remember when I said that some people flip, some people say your cycle should be on your full moon. So my 
personal belief and alignment is your period's on your new moon and your ovulation is on your full moon. But again, it, do, it doesn't really matter. Like anyone that also tries to tell you what's what and it is what it is, they're just... They're just being stubborn and they're just being spiritual gatekeepers and uh, nay, nay. So just whatever, again, my opinion again, again, whatever suits you. If someone like is saying it's what's what, and you're like, yes, it definitely is. You know what? All the power to you. Um, so yeah, I associate the new moon with crone energy as well. So when, if you go and read the Rebecca Campbell book, this is actually why I love so much that she incorporates that wild woman. Cause then you notice there's four archetypes and there's those four basic moon stages. So she ties those in together so, so well. I think the wild woman is the waning moon and the new moon is the crone, um, in her, in her archetype, but I don't remember. So please don't quote me. So the crone energy really lands with me, in my opinion, for the new moon energy as well, because remember I, I talked about death. So death is like um, a word, obviously, that is icky for a lot of people. I have this association with death and tarot. And to me, it's actually one of my favorite cards to see come up in the deck because it's indicative of transformation. It means that something is going away so that something else can be born. And it's a natural part of our process. But of course, it involves hard feelings. It involves saying goodbye to something. It involves grieving. It involves loss. Our crone, like the crone energy is so powerful in this place because she is in a space, again, a seated crone is in a space where she understands that death is simply a part of life. Like it's, and so um, a, a good seated crone is going to take those transformational moments and it simply be with them, like hold space for them, allow them to exist, allow them to process. Whereas the rest of us tend to lose our shit a little bit because we're like, oh my God, what is happening? It is not the way that it once was. And now it's going into something new and I don't even know what's going into. And we get really kind of wigged out about it. Uh, crone energy, a seated crone would, would never get um, wigged out about um, a shift like that. Um, so it doesn't mean she doesn't have feelings. Like she, it's just that, um, she's in such a state of understanding that she's comfortable with the feelings associated with transition, if that makes sense. So it's, yeah. And I think that's really the whole kind of goal for the rest of us is, is we're trying to avoid having feelings. Like we're trying to avoid feeling grief and sadness and loss and death. We're trying to avoid those feelings because they're sad versus a seated crone who's like, I am sad. And she's with those feelings. It's, it's just a different relationship. So it's not even that um, she's better at it. It's not even, I mean, I think it is, I think it comes from understanding, but it's just, um, she won't push them away. Whereas uh, uh, the younger versions of us, the less evolved versions of us, we tend to to push those feelings away. Um, so we don't have to feel them. So I actually think that's a, that's my other hypothesis on why society pushes away that rest and that restoration and that stopping is really what we're trying to do is avoid the death. We're, we're, we're avoiding the winter cycle. We're avoiding that pause because, um, of what feelings that can evoke. So think of a time, like think of a day and it probably wasn't like nearby that you had a day where you literally kind of just did nothing. Like you were like, nope, today is I no none of the things. I do none of the things today. Today is not happening. And, and you know, whatever it is that happens that day, you sit and watch Netflix all day. I don't, whatever, but you did nothing. You accomplished nothing. You did nothing of service to your home, nothing in service to self. Like you just did nothing. 
Okay. When was last time you did that? First of all, ever million years ago, when was it? (laughs) And I want you to also think about how you felt doing that. Was it guilt inducing? Oh my God, I did nothing today. I'm such a piece of shit. Was it, it probably wasn't just like, I am amazing. (laughs) I am amazing today for I accomplished absolutely diddly squat. (laughs) And so I'd love us to consider like, well, why? Why is it the day, like the full moon energy that I accomplished everything? I released that program. I did this. I accomplished this. I cleaned my house, whatever. Um, That day, we're so proud of ourselves. But the day we stopped, we're so hard on ourselves. So I feel like if we really are truly aligning with this full cycle, then on those days of rest, we are not necessarily celebrating how awesome we are for sitting and watching Netflix all day, but we're definitely not guilting ourselves. Like it's not a, oh no, I didn't do anything today. It's like a, oh yeah, I didn't do anything today. It becomes more factual and less of a, um, an evaluation or grading of the self. Like, how did, how did I perform today as a human? And, and there we go. That's the word perform. So what, what are we doing in our day-to-day lives in our monthly schedules in our life that is performative based versus actually in alignment with self? So my big hope with like this podcast and having this conversation with you is that there is an identification of these rhythms and a commitment to aligning with those rhythms of self. So again, I want to use them very or more so as metaphor because your moon cycle, your internal moon clock might not be 28 days or approximately like the actual moon your moon cycle might be 38 days. It might be 58 days. Like, I don't know. You might have a longer stretch internally of where that waxing energy is for you. You might have a longer full moon energy. You might have a shorter one. Like your, your cycle might be 17 days. Like, so is, is, can you kind of sit there and tap in? So if you really wanted to self-identify this, like you go inward Um, you could track a journal. Hey, this is like a fun new year's idea. No, um, track a journal and see like when you wake up in the morning, how do I feel like do just an inquiry? Like, am I feeling energized and looking forward to the day? Am I feeling quieter today? Am I feeling this? And now granted, if you've been pushing away your waning and your new moon cycles for a long time, you might wake up feeling tired every day. So that's what I would honor. If you wake up and you self-establish, like, I feel really tired today. Like getting out of bed today, feels hard. Then honor that as like being like, pretend, pretend, well, I might be in my waning or new moon. So what should I do in those states? Well, I was, you know, according to the podcast, (laughs) my waning and new moon energy would be a reflection and pausing and coming inward. And it's a quieter energy. So then do quieter things. Maybe don't be so keen on getting things done and accomplishing and just kind of like see what happens when you lean into that quiet and you lean into the rest. I know there's stuff that has to get done. Like, you know, the kid's 
have to go to school, but there's also stuff that you're doing beyond that that doesn't have to be done. So check in, be honest with yourself and be gracious with yourself as you kind of like go into this. But that could be a fun way to do it is kind of figure out when you have like a fuller energy day or even just maybe like maybe you're not a person who wakes up with energy. Maybe you got to wait till 10 a.m. or after coffee and you're like, okay, now I feel blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, you could track it within yourself and find that rhythm in yourself. Or you could be someone who's just like, I'm just going to follow the moon. Even if it's like a, for now, like as an experiment, I'm going to follow the moon and I'm going to let the moon kind of like guide me through, um, these cycles and these like energy surges. And, um, and I'm going to follow that. I'm going to honor that for, I don't know, three moon cycles and see how I feel or see what lands, see what resonates. So this is all a play. It's all an experiment and you can, um, really bring this into a way of working for you. And if there's anything that's really grinding against you, it's not working for you. So like, like make sure that those gears in your body feel like they're, they're lubricated and they're functioning in a way that really is working within yourself and, and just, and see how that unfolds. Like I'd love, I'd love that for you. Um, so I was, I was excited to share this uh, podcast that being that we are coming into the close, like the end of the year, we're going to go into the new year. So I hope that some of this will feel like it's like you could have inspiration or ideas to go into the new year with, because we all get a little bit more of that little spark and that ambition because coming out of solstice, like our solstice is, uh, December 21st this year. Actually, I think the podcast is out December 21st this year. So we're coming out of the solstice. So solstice, we would think of as that new moon energy. It's that close. It's kind of like if we talked about the crescendo of moving up into the full moon, this is the full decrescendo. This is going to be the bottom of that energy. So this is the quietest, uh, the energy, um, is meant to be speaking of it seasonally. So we're moving into that waning energy. If we think of it seasonally, January is where things start to come upwards, where that energy is starting to lift up. So it's a perfect time to bring in new habits or try new things or start to generate ideas of things you want to cultivate or bring into your world. Um, as it applies to the season. So I hope that, that, um, cause I've kind of like skimmed over like how these moon cycles work, um, as both literal moon cycles, but as metaphors, right? So hopefully you can also see the waning, um, the new moon, the waning moon, um, waxing moon, full moon, how that also shows up in our seasons, right? So each season has that vibe and that energy too. And again, you as an individual and how you connect with those seasons is going to, um, going to shift that energy as well. So I'm doing like low key. <laughs> I'm trying to learn astrology. Just, I shouldn't say I'm trying, I'm learning astrology <laughs> and it's a very slow go because it's a very, very big beast. But I want you to just think of it this way. The way that I interact with the moon, according to my chart will be different than the way that you interact with the moon. And that's why also just like from a literal astrological place, um, it makes sense that not each of us can actually follow the exact moon cycle with this exact energy because how our charts and our placements and how we were born and when we were born, how that is influenced by the moon is going to shift slightly from person to person. If you want to get um, a really in-depth 
reading from like that astrological place, I can't recommend the Wild Sky Sisters highly enough. So please go check them out. They're on Instagram. Um, and then their site is linked in their bio and you can order a reading. They also have these amazing 2022 forecast thingies coming out, which I can't speak to because I haven't experienced them personally, but they sound like they're really, really cool. I think you get a 2022 workbook and this might also be another really great way to like integrate yourself personally with those astrological shifts coming in 2022. But again, don't quote me because I'm not sure. That was just my interpretation off of the very few things I've read on the internet. Um, but yes, please feel welcome to, to reach out to any of us over the season. We will be off for a couple of weeks, but we're still around and we're still here. Um, and thanks so, so much for, for listening to this episode. Um, it was kind of fun to just be here alone and rant and, (laughs) but I, uh, might have to have another episode and have, uh, Mel and Jen chime into their thoughts on moon cycles and the maiden mother crone. Um, so yeah, hit the subscribe button. If you're on any server or provider following us or hitting subscribe, just it does help to boost us in the algorithm and we appreciate it. Anytime you share an episode or you share the podcast, oh my gosh, can't tell you how grateful we are for that. If you tag us on a platform, we will respond. So please feel welcome to do that. You can email us or message us with um, podcast ideas or questions. We love hearing from you. Spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us or you can message us on Instagram at the Spiritual Boss Podcast podcast or any of our individual accounts. Um, Have a wonderful holiday season. Be safe, make good choices. Peace in, peace out.